said that reading makes you more empathetic as a person. It's a way to escape your own life. It can take you to faraway lands. It can put you into other people's shoes. Um, it can even keep your brain healthy, reduce the stress, and make you sleep better. And some stories just inspire you. But today we're going to be talking to V.S. Holmes, she, the creator of the sci-fi series Star's Edge, Nell Bentley books, and in particular, the book Heretics. Don't go away. We'll be right back. just joined us you are watching the writer's corner live show i'm your host Bridgette Limbanda from cape town in south africa our stream today is made possible by creative edge and be live media a special warm welcome to our viewers if you are watching us over on amazon live on twitter on facebook youtube and over on linkedin this is an audience-centric show, so the comments are being monitored. If you're over on Amazon Live, um, I've got my phone here, so I'm monitoring your comments over on Amazon Live. So just know that um, you will not be ignored. And with that, I want to just give Tish a shout-out. She has been a long-time supporter of the Writer's Corner live show. So welcome to the show. In today's show, we're going to be talking to V.S. Holmes, the creator of the sci-fi series, The Star's Edge, Nell Bentley Books. And we're going to be talking, uh, focusing on her wrecks. If this is the first time watching the show, then let us know in the comments somehow, and we'd be happy to give you a shout out to welcome you. But before we introduce our guest, V.S. Holmes, I'm all about helping people level up. And these days, when you are an author, you need to be online effectively because we're not out of the pandemic yet and everything is done online. So one of the things that I use, um, for example, is Logitech Brio camera. It's got trademarked right light and HDR technology, which means it can automatically adjust your lighting conditions. Fantastic. If you haven't got the best light, invest in the Logitech Brio. And for audio, I use the Samsung um, CO1 USB microphone. There we are. This is the microphone that uh, I use. The die cast uh, is absolutely fantastic for sound. It reduces noise vibrations. And so it's ideal for people who are online. But not everybody wants to have the huge big camera and you or microphone. And you don't have to. You could also use something as tiny as the Rode Lavalier. It also is fantastic. You do want to make sure that your audio is good because people will forgive um, if they can't see you very well, if your camera's a little bit fuzzy, but people will definitely tune out if they can't hear you well. So audio is super, super, super um, important. 
And then, you know, I know a lot of people don't have cameras or they may not even have a laptop and they go live or they prefer to go live from their phone and nothing wrong with that. But you do want to stabilize your phones. And two things that I recommend if you are going to be going live from your phone is uh, a stabilizer like the DJ uh, Osmo, which I, which I often use. Uh, or you can stabilize your phone in a tripod. Um, or the biographer, anything but stabilize your phone. Because if you don't stabilize your phone, you actually make people feel seasick. No one can hold their phone in their hand for like 30 minutes without shaking your hand. It's impossible. So do invest in a tripod or stabilizer of some kind. So if you're watching the show over Amazon Live, um, then you will notice all those things are over in the carousel. Um, so you can get them there. Also, our book today, Heretics, is also in the carousel. So it's very easy for you to just get that. And Tish is saying um, Logitech is the way to go. Yes, Tish, you know, I started out with Logitech a long time ago. This was my original camera, um, my original Logitech camera. But we've come a long way to the Rio where we are today. So getting back to our amazing author for today, V.S. Holmes, is an international best-selling author and creator of Blood of the Titan series as well as the Nell Bentley books. Smoke and Rain, the first book in the fantasy quartet, won New Apple Literary Excellence in Independent Publishing Award in 2015 and a literary titan gold in 2020. Travelers is also included in the Peregrine Moonlander mission as part of the Writers on the Moon time capsule. Now, we're going to be focusing on the book Heretics, but who better to actually talk about it than V.S. Holmes? Welcome to the show. So glad that you are able to Join me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. It's an absolute, absolute pleasure. How did you get into writing in the first place? What got you started? Because sometimes people say, you know, it's just something that they started doing from a young age or it was their mom or their teacher. What inspired you to put pen to paper? Like well, I grew up in a very literary household. My mother was an editor, you know, albeit for for nonfiction, for many many years. And my dad was a big sci-fi fantasy lover, and so I sort of naturally gravitated towards fiction when I was younger. And I did notice that there were a lot of books that didn't have characters like me in them. And you know, as as a young child, that can be kind of alienating. And so when I got a little bit older, I wanted to write stories that had characters that, you know, looked like me and loved like me and felt like me. And so that was sort of my, my first inspiration to start writing. Uh, and then I, I started writing the two series that you were just talking about, um, Blood of Titans and Star's Edge, Nell Bentley, when I got to be more of an adult. And I wanted to explore some wonders of the universe, you know, albeit you know, in, in fantasy and, and in science fiction. So. I must tell you, um, Tish is watching us over on Amazon Live says that you have a very happy, smiley face. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> People so don't have to just, see it as much with the masks these days. So. 
I know, I know, I know, I know. It's very, very hard to be as expressive as you normally would like to be. You know, half half your face is covered, and it's literally yeah. just your eyes. Although I must say, this it's amazing how much can be conveyed with eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're smiling, people can really tell that in your eyes. Just you know, or making eye contact um, with people, it is just absolutely amazing. So tell us a little bit how you know, how the series came about and how Eretics fits into the entire series. Sure. So um, Travelers and all, well, all of the Star's Edge Nell Bentley books follow Dr. Nell Bentley, who is a foul-mouthed, foul-tempered archaeologist. And she is digging on a site in Chile. She's, she's an academic archaeologist, so she's running a school for some of her, her grad students and her undergrad students. And she discovers that this site of hers is at the center of this intergalactic feud that is several, several thousand years old. And she gets thrown into this world of, of high tech and higher stakes. And though she's not much of a, of a tech person and she's quite skeptical, um, there, there is a certain person, Lynn, who is quite cute. And Nell gets her sights set on Lynn and can't help but just throw herself headfirst into this, this world. And um, Heretics is the fourth book. There will be a total of six in the series. And it follows Nell as she comes back to Earth after a hiatus that was a lot longer than she anticipated. And she discovers that the world that she left behind doesn't have a space for her, or maybe that she no longer fits in the space that she left. And it was really fun to, to explore that concept, you know, with added explosions. <laughs> I can I can well imagine. Um, now I know that you got a raving review for the book. How did that feel? I mean, that is just amazing. <laughs> yes, thank you. I um, I was absolutely floored um, having a review. You know, I I appreciate all of my reviews, regardless of the source. You know, re reviews are some of the best gifts, uh, free gifts that you can give authors. And to have Heretics reviewed in Publishers Weekly was was really incredible for me, especially because this book I wrote at the very beginning of the pandemic and also in the wake of um, grief of my father's passing. And it really felt a lot of times that some of the um, characters and feelings in Heretics were just ripped right from my chest. And so to have something so visceral and emotional reviewed so highly and in such a prestigious um, magazine was was really, really incredible for me. I can well imagine. Now, I've been saying to authors for the last two years, uh, and I'm going to ask you this question as well, what was it like to write a pandemic book? <laughs> um, well, not fun. Um, I, I had to rewrite it, actually. Um, I, I wrote it twice. I started out using the method that I had always been using. Um, I was quite a heavy plotter, you know, so I, I sort of plotted out all the beats. And I did that even more so with Heretics at first, uh, partially because there was so much chaos going on. And, you know, I was dealing with a lot of other personal stuff as well, you know, out, regardless of the, of the pandemic. And so I thought that if I adhered even more strictly than usual to this outline that that would help me get through this book. I was so wrong. <laughs> it was it was actually the, the opposite that that was true. And when I scrapped the entire outline, I found that 
what my problem was, was Nell was feeling a lot of the same feelings I was feeling, isolation and confusion and fear of something that she couldn't see, but that was deadly and killing people that she loved. And, you know, hers was, was a deadly radio transmission, um, not a virus, though the, the virus did make a, a brief cameo in, in the book. Um, and I think that that was part of the problem was I didn't want to face some of those feelings because I was surrounded by them. And it, it was cathartic. It was cathartic to, to write through them, um, but would not recommend <laughs> doing that. Yeah, I can well imagine. Um, Tish is just saying over on Amazon Live about your uh, review in Publishers Weekly. She says it's a kind way of knowing your work is accepted and that people love it, which of course it, it is. is. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you're writing, do you write longhand or do you type? A lot of people, you know, some people like one and other people, which, which do you do? I, I do a little bit of both when I'm, you know, sitting down and going to work, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I type, um, I, I have a Google document. I travel a lot, so it's a lot easier for me to carry my laptop and a hard drive than it is, you know, a stack of, of notebooks. Um, but I do, I do carry one notebook with me. And um, because I'm oftentimes away from internet connection or away from, my computer itself, I do often write longhand if, um, you know, some, something strikes me, if some sort of inspiration happens, or I'll just text it to myself, um, which of course is, is great, except when I have to decipher what the heck I meant <laughs> much later. <laughs> um, my, my phone will auto-correct, and I'm like, that, that, that doesn't make sense. I know I thought it was brilliant when I wrote it down. But, um, so, so I do a little bit of both, but when I'm really getting into a scene and sitting down for a long time. I do type, it's, it's much faster for me and my, my handwriting is atrocious, so. I know now, now Mary, who's my co-host on the Writer's Corner Live show, um, what she does is she sort of goes between writing things down and just doing voice recordings. Yes. When, you know, a thought is in her head because, you know, mm -hmm. she often these random thoughts sort of just come into her head during the course of the day. And if she doesn't have anything to write, she'll just do a voice recording and then capture that text um, later, you know, so you've got to do whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, you, you can't miss out on those thoughts because you always think like, Oh, I'll remember it. it. You know, it was a big enough epiphany. I'll you won't, <laughs> you won't remember it. Isn't it funny how that works that you mm -hmm. often kind of think, you know, no, I'll remember that. And you, the, once that moment's gone, it's gone and you it's very difficult to recreate what you felt at that exact uh moment you know yes do you have a favorite section out of the book i can ask you to read would you mind sure sure i can so so this is the fourth book and nell is the main character she's the only point of view character and lynn is her on again off again girlfriend um and dar is lynn's brother so it's just a, a brief little uh, orientation. <laughs> so, this is from chapter three. Stiffness woke Nell. She rolled her neck with a groan. I don't think I have the body for camping anymore, she muttered, peering against the sunlight bathing her face. Somewhere above, a hideously cheerful bird chirped, and she fumbled for her sleeping bag zipper. There was no sleeping bag or tent. Sunlight was beaming from mirrors and lamps just overhead. The chirping continued and she glared at the holographic message displayed over her wrist. Reminder, shuttle departure 
for La Fée de, de l'Amour in T minus 105 minutes. She peered at the glowing red letters for a moment before parsing that if she didn't hurry, she might miss saying goodbye. No, 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 no. She scrambled to her feet and bolted to the nearest elevator shaft. Shoving through the door, she jabbed at her communicator. No messages from Lynn or Zach or frankly anyone. Only one unread thread blinked in her inbox. And it was the four system reminders that she had apparently slept through. She swiped it clear and bounced on the balls of her feet, trying to blink exhaustion from her bleary eyes. Come on, she muttered to the elevator as the floors rolled past. Weight draped over her as the capsule hurtled outwards. Another two seconds and it hummed to a halt at the residential level. She broke into a jog. Whatever she and Lynn had was complicated, made even more so by the layers of their increasingly complex world and Nell's own mercurial temper. But I'll still miss her more than she'd like to admit. Tense voices slowed Nell's steps as she rounded the last bend to Lynn's room. Shrinking back against the wall, she peered around the corner. Dar lounged beside Lynn's open door, feet crossed at the ankle. Despite the relaxed stance, a dark glare nodded his features. Lynn blocked her doorway, arms crossed. I don't really care what you think, Lynn snapped, and I don't want to get into this at all, let alone here and now. Just because you've suddenly grown some emotions doesn't mean I have to put them above my own. You had your chance to see things my way years ago. You had another chance back on CE7. That would be Nell's sight. I'm not suddenly interested in seeing things your way, he spat. I'm interested in my baby sister's safety. I'm concerned this rabbit hole, this obsession, whatever it is, will get you killed. You are on track for a promotion. You demoted me. I could have been DeBell's intern. I had my reasons. What kind of person follows someone across space, he hissed. Dar. Lynn's voice was tired, but tense with something else. Fear? Nell fought back the urge to rush from behind the corner and wedge herself between them. Except Dar didn't look like he was going to hurt her. Lynn, please just think about it. Aya and Ibu are worried too, you know. Lynn's hand slammed into the wall with a sickening thud. Tendons bunched in her throat, but Nell couldn't say if it was pain or fury. Is that why I haven't heard from them in months? You're holding them over my head until I sharpen up and fly straight? Tar looked away and his gaze halted on Nell, tucked by the door. She opened her mouth to apologize, but his head shook almost imperceptibly. You know I haven't heard from them either, but they mentioned it before, and again when Nell's transfer docs came over their screens this morning. Associating with her is going to get you killed. He shoved off the wall and made to reach for her shoulder, but stopped a few inches shy. Please just consider it. Nell jerked out of sight again. A second later, he almost collided with her as he strode around the bend. His gaze pinned her, but he said nothing, boots stomping long after he disappeared up the hall. She peeked at Lynn's door again. It was shut, the corridor deserted. Dar clearly felt she threatened Lynn somehow. Why do I feel like he just entrusted a huge secret with me? Drawing a deep breath, she stepped up to Lynn's door, heart hammering. She pressed her, pressed her bow, brow to the door, palms spreading across the gleaming metal. None of them want me here. I don't even want to be here. Every nasty comment her ex's bigoted parents spat at her now drifted in the space station's recycled air, light years from home. She pressed the private intercom. Lynn? Silence. Sorry I'm late. Can I see you before you go? Still nothing. I saw Dar in the hall. He looked kind of angry. Do you... Nell? She rolled to see Lynn striding down the hall. 
gleaming electro suit was perfectly fastened, long hair braided and tucked carefully away in preparation for the helmet of her space suit. The shadows under her warm eyes rocketed Dar's words to the forefront of Nell's thoughts. What kind of person follows someone across space? She pulled a smile she didn't feel onto her face. Hey babe, just looking for you. Me too. Is your comm on? Did you get the messages? Nell glanced at her wrist. Just a bunch of updates about your mission. Our mission, Lynn interrupted. Her expression might have been a smile, were it not for the hardness in her eyes. As of 0200 today, you've been transferred to the field task force. You're going home. Wow, that was amazing. That was very, very, very captivating. <laughs> Is this book available in audio? I mean, you are just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, the first book was available in audio, um, but I'm recasting the uh, the narrator. Um, I, I need someone who can nail Spanish accents. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it's it's not an audio yet. Um, my my other books are, but I am I'm working on it. So now you've given me extra inspiration. <laughs> you just did an amazing job there. So Thank you. so well well done. Now, you seem to have mastered the art of, um, Tish says, oh my goodness, that was just an awesome, beautiful reading. Kudos. Thank you. Thank you. Audio books as well. So she totally agrees with me. <laughs> For a new author who's watching um, the show, could you share a quick tip for uh, or strategy for compelling storytelling because you seem to have nailed it. Thank you. Um, honestly, throw out most advice <laughs> and write what you want to be reading. Write what excites you. Um, you know, if if there's something, and, and I don't really agree with the term guilty pleasure my, myself because all art is, is awesome and you should consume it, um, but lean into whatever like weird little um, obsessions and fascinations you have um, and, and just let yourself wallow in it and, uh, you know, absorb as much art as, as you can, but really just let yourself have fun with it and let yourself enjoy your characters because I've found when... I am trying to be very prescriptive and follow all the advice. That's where I lose the heart of my work. And I think I think we need to have more fun with, with our creativity and remember that it is art um, as much as it is business too for some of us. So your, your characters is mostly um, around your own life experiences or do you include life experiences of people in your circle of friends, people that you know, people from school? Uh, definitely, definitely both. Um, you know, I haven't gone to space yet, <laughs> um, though, though my work has. Um, I, I really, I like to draw from, from my experiences and I also like to draw from what I wish I could see. Um, a lot of science fiction can serve as a, as a warning I think, especially, you know, the, the classics, you know, a lot of those have um, big, you know, maybe don't do this <laughs> warning labels in, in their worlds. And for me, I also like to build worlds that I'd like to see ours become and the things that I would like to see, um, you know, come of, of my friends and, and my career, especially when it comes to like the high tech stuff. I like to think like, oh, well, what, what would make my job easier? 
so I, I do that, but I do also include a lot of fun anecdotes, um, you know, from my own life. I have a, a little uh, passage in the book that says to, to my coworkers, if you see some of your anecdotes and stories in here, um, you know, thank you. <laughs> I, I have changed most of the names to, to protect the guilty. But <laughs> now, I, Just looking at your covers, I mean, your covers are amazing. Um, how do you decide on, on, on the covers? Um, do you use one artist? Um, did your publicist decide on the covers? Tell us a bit about the covers of the books. Well, um, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you like them. I did them myself, uh, <laughs> actually, which is like the big no, no, you know, don't, don't do your covers yourself. Um, but I, I find myself to be pretty, pretty decent at it. Um, when it comes to photo manipulation, when it comes to my my fantasy books, I I do use artists and then do the um, the formatting as far as the the text and so forth myself. I'm very um, very big on things that you know match and and are consistent across the series, um, perhaps to an annoying degree, <laughs> um, but but I do really love that consistency and I do a lot of research when it comes to what other books within my genre are, are doing, um, you know, what seems to be catching people's eyes. And, um, and I love color. I love playing with contrasting colors and especially with, you know, space and, the, you know, stars and eclipses and things like that. I find that, that really enjoyable. So I, I like mm -hmm. to incorporate that for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Tish is also saying she says the covers are absolutely perfect. Um, I like to look at the, you know, the covers of the book, um, because everybody, not everyone does their own cup. I think you're probably the first author that I've come across that's done their own cover. Because uh, either people commission it out or their publicist does the cover. Um, you know, so that's, so that's interesting. Tell me a little bit about, um, do you have a publicist and why do you have a publicist? Uh, not I do. Does. <laughs> I, I, I do have a publicist. Um, my, my books are independently published, um, but I met um, Mickey Mickelson at Creative Edge a few years ago. I think we're going on four years now. We were just talking about it. Um, and, you know, I, I love being able to connect with people and connect with readers, you know, through awesome opportunities like this. But especially as an author with a day job and the vast majority of authors have day jobs, it's really, really difficult to write your book, you know, polish your book, talk about your book, have your other job, and then also find all these opportunities. And for me, you know, it was something that, you know, I, I really didn't want to do myself. And I don't have all the amazing connections that Creative Edge does. And so when I joined with him four years ago, you know, I was, I was a little skeptical, like, this seems like something I could probably do myself, but I don't know. I was so wrong. And finding a publicist, especially one as, as awesome as Mickey, um, probably the, the best choice I've made for my author career. Um, you know, I've worked with marketers, I've, I've worked with other people, definitely one of the best choices I ever made. I like to explain to people that I think the reason you need a publicist is because you wouldn't walk into a courtroom without an attorney. Exactly. No, nobody's going to take you seriously without an attorney. Mm -hmm. So if you walk into a bookstore um and you say you know i've just released this book talk to my publicist it kind of gives you an authority mm -hmm. that you 
that you wouldn't otherwise have. So I think that is one of the great things. As you said, you know, it also gives you other opportunities because you've got a mm -hmm. day job and other things to do unless you, you know, you can do this full time. Do you plan to at some point make become a full time author? Is that something in your landscape? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I'm one of the very lucky people who absolutely adores their day job. Um, I, I work as a contract archaeologist and I just, I, I love what I do and it's important and I love the people that I work with most of the time. <laughs> there's, there's been a few villain cameos in my book, right? Um, but I, I really enjoy it. And so for now, you know, I'm, I'm happy doing this as, as a side gig and you know, I think especially in such a tumultuous world as, as we're sort of surviving through right now, um, making big career changes might not be, be up my alley. And I want to keep my creative spark and my joy of writing for as long as possible as well. And I want to make sure that when I do make that switch, that's something I can hang on to. Because I think sometimes when you do try and make it, a, you know, a, a career, it can be it can be stressful and you can start to view it more as work. And, um, you know, that's that's something that I'm not wanting to do just yet. So. so Tisha's got a question here for you. She says she's curious to know what is the agreement, if any, as to how an author's new book is displayed in the store on Amazon? Oh, um, I have no idea. Amazon is a great mystery. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm very good about telling you how things work. Um, yeah, so really it's, um, you know, finding the right way to nail the algorithms and looking for, for me, what, what would I do is I look at what other books are doing in my genre around the same time that I'm going to be releasing mine, um, because the algorithms and, and all sorts of the, the back stuff, um, definitely changes quite frequently. So I, I try and focus on that. And then, um, you know, a lot of it is on the, the marketing side, um, you know, which is sort of different from publicity insofar as it's, it's mostly focusing on sales. And so, you know, I'll, I'll hire some people to help me get the word out and help people who maybe haven't seen my stuff um, start, start out with the, the beginning of the series before the, the next book comes out. And that usually helps the, the viewings and how it's viewed in, in the Amazon store. Um, I, hope, I hope that answers your question, Tish. I, I think it does. And I just want to give a shout out to um, Lillian Muller, she's all she's in watching us from Switzerland, also Hi. a YouTube of the Writer's Corner live show. Your next book, when is it when is it out? <laughs> Good question. Uh, no, I am I am most of the way done with number five, which is Fugitives, uh, which will be the, the second to last book in the Nell Bentley series. I, I am told, unfortunately, that in order to release the book, you are supposed to finish writing the book. And that's what I'm, I'm focusing on right now. <laughs> Um, th this one was another, you know, halfway through the book, I realized that I was actually writing the sixth book and not the fifth book. And that's why things weren't fitting together, uh -huh. um, which, you know, the, the creative process is, is quite a, an exciting journey, I guess. But I will say that Fugitives is probably my favorite book in the Nell Bentley series that I've written. Um, we get to dive a little bit more into Dar's character, and I I love the way he and Nell butt heads because they are so different and so similar in so many ways, and that's been really fun. And um, you know, it's it's a book focusing on a lot of isolation and fear as well. Um, they are they're basically refugees at this point, and 
I think that that's something that will resonate with a lot of people, that, that loneliness and the uncertainty. So I'm very excited. I'm hoping that it will be out maybe later, the end of this year. Um, so we'll see. We'll have to invite you back onto the Writer's Corner live show. Thank you so much. I can't believe that we're out of time. So it's a huge big shout out to everyone who's watched us live and anybody who's going to be watching this on the replay. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Thank this you. This was amazing. Thank you for spending time um, with us on the Writer's Corner live show. Thanks very much, everyone. Stay safe. Take care. And we'll see you back next week on another episode of the Writer's Corner live show. Till then, goodbye from now. Mm -hmm.